It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome in to episode number one half of Jobbing Out. As in, one half of us are currently present. I thought you were going to let me guess. No, I didn't think that one required much of a guess, Brandon. Uh, Glenn Clark, Brandon Linton are with you. Unfortunately, uh, I don't. I have no idea where everybody else is, but may- maybe, maybe uh, Aaron will check in at some point. Probably not. He told us it's unlikely, and uh, and I, I, I was planning on giving AJ the week off because he'll be back with us for picks next week. So uh, it's what it is. But Brandon and I are here with much to discuss uh, from this week. And I don't really even know where I want to start, Brandon, because I am so all over the place from this week. I hate starting with... I did such a good job last week of, like, waiting for a while until I finally got into the abomination that was the end of that episode. I think we need to go right into it this time. Well, okay. I don't don't know what to do here because... I'm not nearly as mad this week as I was a week ago. Like, and I'm, you know what I'm really mad about still? I'm still angrier today about how everyone in the wrestling world is just openly ignoring the fact that that was the worst end of it in the history of the business to a show. Like, it was an effing train wreck. I'm still angrier today about how everyone is just ignoring that than I am about much of anything else. I am... I am befuddled. I mean, utterly befuddled by two particular things related to AEW this week. Well, there's one. There's that's one the most that's befuddled. so goddamn glaring. I I don't. <laughs> I I thought I was taking crazy pills. Like I thought I was insane. So remember, despite what an effing abomination the Cody Rhodes thing was last week, and despite what a wet fart. Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrero was. I did say, look, I am kind of interested in Jericho versus Wardlow, if only because I like the storytelling thing that comes from booking MJF as the special guest referee. That's the one thing that makes this interesting, not because we didn't know who was going to win the match, because at least there could be something interesting that comes from that. How do you get there? How do you have Chris Jericho win this match? Sure, you've completely effed yourself by booking a deathmatch against a deathmatch specialist as the second thing on this list and then doing two things afterwards, That the first being the, the dumbest thing you could have ever possibly done. This only being interesting in context of having MJF as your special guest referee. Certainly not interesting in having Wardlow be the opponent. But with no offense to Wardlow, who should be in a better place than he is, but it's it's what it is. He's, he's never done anything, so there's no world in kayfabe in which you think that Wardlow can beat Chris Jericho because he's never beat anyone. But, right. but for what it's worth, it's at least interesting in this is what someone should be doing when you get to make your stipulations. 
it's the thing that we always talk about with a wink, wink, nudge, nudge in professional wrestling. If you get to set the stipulation, why wouldn't you set the stipulation of if you breathe, you lose? Right. I win. Right. So, sure, that... that well, I will get into stipulations yeah, later, sure. too, about other that, things. That that seems silly, of course. That seems in, insane. But it's why it's problematic that you get to set the stipulation and it's not you get to pick from one of these six stipulations or something along those lines. That you get to pick whatever stipulation you want. Okay, well, of course, if you're MJF, what you should do is pick yourself to be guest referee. Because, again, in kayfabe, if you're the guest referee, you never have to count the three for Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho can never win the match. That's the reason why it works. That makes it interesting because... My God, there's no way Chris Jericho can win, and there's no way he can get his match with MJF. Of course, because we're all professional wait, wrestlers. Wait, wait, wait. Glenn, are you going on and on and on because they didn't? Hang on, that? Brandon. Hang on, you jerk. <laughs> of course. Did they end up not stop, doing that? Stop it. Stop it. Of course, because this is professional wrestling, Brandon and I are smart enough to know that Chris Jericho is going to win the match, but what we're intrigued by is what neat thing they might do in order to have Chris Jericho win a match with MJF, a special guest referee. As we alluded to a week ago, the problem would, of course, be if you just had MJF get knocked out and then you had another ref come down to count to three. That's that's essentially cheating your way out of the booking, right? The idea is what cool thing could you do to somehow have Jericho win the match anyway? Could it be that this is how MJF decides he no longer wants to have Wardlow around? And by the way, at the start of the night, I was kind of wondering a little bit about that. I was like, well, maybe yeah. there there might be sowing the seeds of like the the faction has never been of any value. It's the dumbest faction in the history of professional wrestling. It never should have existed to begin with. It's done nothing. So like at the beginning of the night, I thought to myself, hey, maybe that's maybe that's what they're kind of sowing the seeds for is MJF reminding everyone he doesn't need a faction. He's MJF. He doesn't even need Wardlow, right? Like. That, frankly, the inner circle has not really been part of the story anymore, so it's not even that he needs a faction just to have a numbers game thing with um, the inner circle and with Chris Jericho. So, like, maybe that's what they were doing at the start of the show. That kind of intrigued me a little bit, right? Like, would would Wardlow turn on MJ? You know, like, what, what exactly was going to happen? Well, p- particularly, what other value would there be in reminding us that he lost to Cody? Correct. Why would you do that? Why would you go about doing that? So, like, and, that... And- and, and there had to be a reason. That yeah, of course. Do. That interested me. Of course, there's always the thing that you can do where you could have Sammy come out and attack MJF. And then when MJF's lying on the ground, you could have Sammy count the three using MJF's arm in order to have um, Jericho win the match while falling into a professional wrestling trope of some sort. It would work, right? It would also remind everybody that the story is Sammy and MJF and that you have to get to that point, and they're going to get to that point, right? Like, it would be a reminder of that and a hope that you still understand that the Jericho-MJF story wasn't the story here, and the thing that you've been going on about for, for a month wasn't really the story, and boy, if you were planning on doing... MJF Jericho next week, which is batshit insane, then maybe <laughs> it would set yourself up for the thing that you actually have to do, the match that really matters, which is MJF Sammy. Now, of course, there's another problem that comes with that, that problem being that, you know, by the way, I don't, I'm hearing a noise in the background. Is that coming from you or from me? 
There we go. It was coming from me. I'm sorry. Um, uh, of course, the problem with that would be you'd still spent your spent the entire last month and a half telling one story and then pulling it away in order to do something else at a pay per view. But why would AEW ever do that? That seems crazy that. for something like that to yeah. do. But all of these things would be uh, clever ideas and things that could happen. And why there was at least mild interest in this particular match. Can I ask you a question? I'd love for you to ask me a question, Brandon. What did they do? Jack fucking shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did the referee part of this go? I'd love to know the answer to that question, Brandon, but they never told me. And I gotta be honest with you. I did thought we make that up. Like, no, did they I thought say- I thought I must be the crazy one, right? Like I Me thought too. I had to be insane. So I said, "Mate, we talked about it on the show last week. We're all three of us just not really paying attention, and one of us thought we heard something. So all three of us just sort of accepted it as being what was happening. So I decided to go on the old tweeter machine, and I said <laughs> to myself." Well, let me search the words MJF referee and see if anyone else uh, was thinking along the ways that I was or if everybody else was uh, the following things I see. Uh, I thought MJF was the special guest referee, question mark. I thought MJF (laughs) was supposed to be the referee for this match. Was anyone else confused on the fourth Labor of Jericho match last night? I thought MJF was supposed to be the guest referee. MJF uh, uh, MJF was, said Wardlow would be accompanied to the ring by someone who'd call it fair and square, so many assumed he'd be the guest referee. Um, uh, I thought MJF was special guest referee for this match. Maybe I dreamed that. Didn't MJF say he was going to be the referee for this match last week? <sighs> <laughs> Am I missing something? Or do I remember MJF saying he was going to be the special guest referee for this match at some point? <sighs> I think you should read at least 15 more. <laughs> going to just leave it. And this is just searching the words MJF referee on Twitter. That's is there anyone that's like, MJF never said he was the referee? I, I mean, like, apparently <laughs> they were, apparently in the advertisement for the match, they never included MJF as the special guest referee, so... People were talking about how confusing it was. This is the dumbest shit ever. This is so stupid. I say it's dumbest shit ever. It's not dumber than what happened at the end of the previous week's show. But it's really dumb. It was, again, a wet fart of a match. Maybe not quite as much of a wet fart as Juventud Guerrero was, because how could it ever be as much of a wet fart as Juventud Guerrero was on the heels of a death match against Nick Gage? But it was a giant wet fart. So you mean all you needed me to do was beat a guy who's never won matches? Okay, if you insist, I guess I'll do that. This is insanely stupid. And I think, Brandon, it speaks to one of the problems that we've been dealing with in terms of AEW. And the fa- I, they've been telling this story for forever, again, only to pull the rug out, as we uh, as we debated about last week, it apparently was only four labors to get to MJF. This is going to be the fifth labor, is MJF. They're going to do it uh, next week, and they're not going to do this at a pay-per-view, and either they'll pivot back to Sammy and the match they should have always been doing for the pay-per-view, or they'll just not do anything on the pay-per-view. I have no bloody idea, but none of it makes a lick of sense, and I think it speaks to 
how much they're trying to do shiny red ball, shiny red ball, shiny red ball, shiny red ball, that they're not seeing these stories through. And I pair it with the second thing, which is the official confirmation that they're not going to do Kenny Omega and Adam Page at the pay-per-view. They're going to do a match. Wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What match are they going to do? Oh, they're going to do a match that literally no one asked for. If you were wondering, Brandon, literally no one on the planet was at all interested in or cared about or remotely concerned to see happen. They're instead going to do Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage, the guy that you've been di- you've just been dying to see get that opportunity to go uh, uh, for uh, for a championship belt. That's the match that they've chosen instead to do uh, for uh, for this pay per view. So I, I just a win, Wait, but, win, but win, least, win, 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 win. But at least at a bare minimum, right, on the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. you're going to get this match that you've never seen before, right? Well, uh, it's funny you should mention that because they're doing the same fucking match two nights from now. So, <laughs> For... <laughs> I had a buddy of mine, somebody who I like a lot, who said... Glenn, I, here's what I think you're missing about AEW. My, it's my buddy Chris. I, Chris, if you're listening, I you know I, we didn't really. The funny thing is, I didn't really get to talk about this at length with him. So I guess I'm he. I, I would say this to you in response. What he said was, Glenn, I think what you're missing about AEW is the reason why everybody likes it is because every week feels like a pay per view. Every week feels big. Every week feels like it matters. And I'll just leave it alone. Instead of debating that point, I'll leave it alone. And I'll let it stand for the sake of it, right? For the sake of it, I'll let it stand. Except for the fucking pay-per-views. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Even if that's true, right? Like, even if if every week did feel like a pay-per-view, and they don't all, but I get what he's... They they have done a good... uh, The things that I've given AEW a lot of credit for, they make small buildings feel big. Like, that you would believe watching that event last night in Pittsburgh that they were playing a big arena in Pittsburgh. They weren't. They were playing the small building in Pittsburgh. Uh, They were not playing the hockey arena in Pittsburgh. They were not playing the 20,000-seat building. They will be doing that in Chicago for what it's worth. It's why they decided to bring CM Punk back to make sure they could fill the building. Most every week, they're not in a particularly big building. not saying these are all... I'm not saying they're 3,000-seat buildings. I'm not saying this is... um, Still so a twelve. Uh, you, uh, oh, good. You, you apparently are. You apparently borrowed Aaron's internet for the day. Yeah, we missed most of what you just said. Oh, I was just saying it's twelve thousand seats. I mean, it's not. No, it's not a. You know. It's not a particularly small building either. But the point being, it's they make they make a building in Cedar Creek, Texas, feel like they're in, you know, the Dallas uh, Mavericks arena. They make a building, uh, the building they ran in Miami was a 3,000-seat theater. It was a very small building. It, it wasn't even an arena. It was legitimately a theater that they played in Miami. And the way they light things and shoot them, they make you believe that you're inside a, a, a genuine place. They do a lot of things well in their presentation. Even the thing in Jacksonville is like a 5,000-seat pavilion right it's It's, like pier six right it's not a giant place it's not a a significant auditorium for professional wrestling but they made it feel like it was massive they made it feel like there was a big event and it might speak to 
the benefit of right sizing that a lot of people don't want to do, right? Like you want to run these big buildings because you want people to associate your product with these giant buildings and being big. But when you get on TV and you're the WWE and you only shoot one side of the building, it you just there's no way for you to replicate the same atmosphere as a right-sized venue that you right. shoot in a way to make it look big. So I give AEW credit for that, and it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it's not. I think it's a really good idea to run right-sized buildings. I think WWE a, should do the same thing. I, they should I, know what markets you know they pop and which ones they don't. Correct. They should do the exact same thing. And We've been saying that for a and, long time. And certain events that do really well, but certain events that just aren't meant for those size buildings anymore. Like, I... That all of these things are things that should be thought about. But I give AEW credit, and part of that might be why it is that the, you created this feeling of every week feels like a pay-per-view. Or maybe the reason you feel that way is because there's so many fucking people involved with that. I, I have no idea why I'm supposed to care about um, the, the Hardy family office. At no point has that ever... It, that is a an absolute turd to me. But when you stroll a thousand people out to the ring... And and there's so that, that maybe the feel to certain people is that feels big because there's a lot of people involved. I I don't know. I'm I'm saying I don't know why that is. But even if we accepted the premise, the immediate response would be, okay, sure. The TV shows feel like they're big. The pay per views feel like nothing. The pay per views feel irrelevant. They are championship matches that no one has asked for, no one wants, and frankly are unworthy of being a pay-per-view championship match. They're matches sometimes without story or really terrible Can we take it a step further and say sometimes it doesn't even make sense with what they're showing us on television? Correct. All of a sudden, there's just here's just a match that's going to be on the pay-per-view. And somebody would say, well, WWE does that sometimes too. And yes, that's correct. And we complain about it when they do that. The idea is the pay-per-view is supposed to be the thing that you're building to. Well, Glenn, maybe they're rewriting that, and maybe the pay-per-view isn't what should matter anymore. Fair point. Then why are you charging me money for it? Yeah. I mean, WWE can make that argument. uh, Way better than AEW can, I I don't think you can make that argument with AEW, and I would take it a step further to say, you know, if you're defending anything this company does by... comparing it to something the other one does you're proving our point that we make every week well, which, is, which is that this isn't supposed to do any of that stuff well and like again it's never me i'm not trying to go to bat for wwe i will tell you when wwe is making mistakes and what they're doing wrong this is the same concept the idea of doing who in the world is asking for christian cage kenny omega who, besides we're be- to believe Tony Khan because we are to understand the reason why this all... T- either Tony Khan's trying to justify the insane overhype of signing Christian Cage, which was never deserved, or this all really is about him just being a nerdy Christian Cage fan. And, like, I I get it. By the way, I got another Tony Khan problem, which was I noticed a moment where the broadcasters were going out of their way to try to talk about... This is the type of stuff that Tony Khan does, and Tony like it feels a lot more and, like and and the Jaguars too. Well, and but that but that's, that's that's low rent, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I I actually don't really have a problem with the owner of the Jaguars wanting to use a, a TV show to get some ratings to try to put his business over. It's low rent, but like I get it. The bigger part is that it's clear that Tony Khan's ego is problematic, and for 
all of the things you knock about Vince McMahon. Hello? Hello? Another guy with a giant ego being your savior? Come on, man. Come on. We don't need people going out of the way. If you want to be behind the scenes, be behind the scenes. And don't worry about whether or not people are praising you on television. But I 100% get the sense that that's not what Tony Khan wants. He wants to be a big deal. He wants people to think he's so great. And that that's the problem. That's all part of the problem. Yeah, how many of those? We, I think we got three of them, right? Well, I talked to Tony Khan right before I came out I, here. Again, and... that, that's a different thing to me. I'm talking about the unnecessary. You want to say Tony Khan is the guy who makes the decisions? That's fine. That he's the character. He's the character that makes the decisions. I'm good with that. There's an authority. You know, like, the, he's the authority. I'm fine with that. I'm talking about the Tony Schiavone editorializing during a match. Oh, yeah. During a match... Guys, these matches that Tony Khan makes, you just don't get them anywhere else. <laughs> that is just so wildly unnecessary for telling a story. It comes off more like Tony Khan saying, guys, put me over. I need you to put me over. You're going to put me over. That's what that reeks of to me. Um, in the end, I, tell me what I'm supposed to be excited about right now going into AEW's next pay-per-view. Tell me what... I'm why why should I be interested in the next pay-per-view? I'm interested in their first show in Chicago cuz I'm going to see CM Punk for the first time. Now tell me why I should be interested in the next pay-per-view. I got nothing. Now, is their first show in Chicago is it a Dynamite or is it a I believe they're doing a Dynamite on Wednesday before Rampage on Friday with the understanding being that Rampage is when but Rampage is in the bigger building, right? They're both, I believe, in that building. I think. Are they? I want to double. Che- I'll double check that. I will double check it. I believe. Yeah, I I screwed this up. Rampage there is in, is in the bigger building. All Out is in the smaller building. I don't know. I don't what know. the fuck? <laughs> That's first of all. That just it makes your point right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. You were just talking about how why we should care about the pay-per-views and you've got a TV show that you've hyped into the big building and your pay-per-view is in the little building. So this is it's it's, it's kind of funny. Th- everything about this is really weird. <laughs> everything about this is super strange. What's it where's dynamite? So, it's not even okay. in Chicago, right? The Rampage in Chicago is a one-off event. They're doing yes. next Friday. Next Wednesday's dynamite is in Houston, then they're doing Friday in, at Rampage and then the following dynamite is in Milwaukee. And then after that, they're doing Dynamite, Rampage, and All Out, all at the smaller building in Chicago uh, the week leading up to Labor Day. So okay, three nights, I sort of get why you want the little building. Well, you can't. You almost have to, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's almost impossible. There and and what they did in order to fill the big building, they they did the CM. They made it very clear CM Punk would be showing up at that particular Rampage. By the way, it looks like. It looks like a by the. It looks like after the first two live rampages, there will not be a live rampage the third week. By week three, it will not be live. And what they do after that, I'm 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 not sure what the plans will be. Well, what I th- I think it's really ballsy to put if if. That they, by the way, for the record, they don't have another other than the pay per view week, right, where they're going to be in the city for the whole week. They don't have another live rampage on the schedule, for what it's worth. Wow. Well, it is interesting to see that. You know, we're all assuming, and I guess it's like 99% confirmed that CM Punk's showing up on this rampage, right? Right. What's really interesting to me is 
popping a rating on a Friday at 10 is, is not an easy thing to do. Um, um, I, and almost not helpful. Right. So, like, why the fuck would they, like, well, nothing about this makes any I, sense. I, unless it's some kind of carnival barker bullshit where it's, it's announced somehow, but he's not actually there to do anything. Or maybe he just shows up at the end and the, the show goes off the air or what? I don't know. I mean, maybe this is their effort to po- try to force to pop a rating on a Friday at 10. But I don't, I don't know if it's as much about the rating as it is about, I think that they're, they're trying to get their dick wet about, um, selling out the United selling Center, selling out the United Center and trying to get people to tune in for what, what now, now that I see it is, is likely to be the thing that we thought this should be, which is a lesser type of TV show moving forward by doing a couple early on with some big things happening to make you believe that's the type of stuff that will happen on that show before they eventually settle into, frankly, what the show should be, which is just a Get way... Get all to, the rest of your guys on TV. A way to use all these billion people that you have on your roster. Um, and, and the, again, the problem that comes with that is it's going to make me not watch it, right? Like, I'm only going to watch if the people that matter are involved. I'm not watching Dark just because they put Dark on TNT like that's not going to do it for me look I'm not you know I'm not trying to be a jerk I'm not trying to be a a bad person I'm not trying to you know do any of those things Um, I I just I I I don't really know what to say here man like I, I was so flabbergasted by the apparent bait and switch which I might not have been a bait and switch but more just like a I, we want you to believe. We're purposely misleading you with the way that that we are wording this, only to not do anything interesting in the main event. Like the main event was an utter and complete unnecessary dud. And then the Christian Cage thing. I is I just, there any chance that the Christian Cage thing is like an elaborate unnecessary swerve of some kind, considering the fir- that they're going to fight next week on uh or is it is it tomorrow night yeah it's tomorrow 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 night is the first oh shit so it's tomorrow okay so is there a way that they do uh some kind of whatever they do it by the way this would uh argument for another day but it might be a good way to get the impact title off kenny and and get that debacle over with and maybe even get christian cage out of there and maybe he can go go back to impact or something but um conversation for another day is do you think because to me there was a little bit of suspicion in the air with them doing the match tomorrow if they really do both matches i will be flabbergasted more than i was originally if they actually go through interesting thought it's an interesting thought but would your thought be that you do that to spin back to page or man yeah I know there's been quote unquote reporting, but like the, at this point, they might be trying to put out red herrings and things like that into the. Uh, I I don't know, man. I don't have the faith in them to do that. I'm not saying it from that perspective. I'm saying it from a common sense perspective. It doesn't make sense to do this match two times. Like, what the hell are you doing? You you want you know? I really need to see what they do tomorrow to believe that they're even going to do this match at the pay per view. I hear what you're saying. I guess I would fear. My fear would be if they do that, it's not because they're spinning back to Hangman. It's because they're spinning back to CM Punk, Punk, right? Like, that would be my fear. My fear would be if that's really what's happening, 
it's it's all a very elaborate way for them to justify having CM Punk headline their pay-per-view. By and, the way, if they did that, based on everything we just said, aside from pay-per-view buys, it would be the most insane decision that anyone's ever made in the history of wrestling because, in theory, isn't All Out sold out already? Um, We're pretty damn close. Yeah, but they're still. I mean, you're. I I would think the pay per view buys are pretty significant there. Like they are, but like if you think about it, if you sold out the the United Center based on the rumor that CM Punk may be there, don't you think you would sell out the United Center with his first match in seven years? If it's against, especially if it's against Kenny Omega for the title. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, it seems I, kind of insane. If the, the, the yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how insane it is, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're trying to say. I don't know, man. Like, if if the answer is just settle down, just just calm yourself, just chill out. They're telling a long form story. It's always going to come back to Hangman. Like, okay, but part of what makes the story so great is that it doesn't go away. That I'm tuned in for it week in and week out. I was invested. Despite all of the outside noise, I was invested in the Hangman Kenny story. And so... To and he make, wasn't even on the show this week, Correct. Right? To make it go away for a few weeks in there, it, that's not the way to do it either. Like, would it be a better result than doing a Kenny Omega Christian Cage championship match? Of effing course it would be. But none of this is necessary. All of this seems to be about you know feeding so many masters like i'm we're answering to this and this new show and cm punk showing up at some point and like we got a hundred things going on all at once and we're and just oh trying yeah to we j- forgot that we told the big show he could wrestle wanking motion god everything about that was stupid just i texted this stupid. to you but like if somebody in the office was like hey do you know what really sucked the big show's theme in wwe Let's make this one even worse. But the, wait, the, I, I saw that text and I'm confused by it. The Big Show had a great theme in WWE. What are you talking about? Everybody, oh when everyone said well. it was one of the most identifiable things in the history of professional wrestling. Everyone. Identifiable, okay, good. Well, I'm not trying to tell you that it should have won a Grammy, but like the idea of professional wrestling music is that you hear it and you immediately know who that person is and you immediately have an amount of excitement because you're aware of who that person is and you don't think to yourself that it gets a reaction immediately is the way it goes. I guess that's my fault because also when I hear that, I know the big show is coming out and I'm like, gee, uh, well, well, there's there's definitely something to be said for that. I'm not not going to argue with you about that particular aspect. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the part. It's such a blatant ripoff, right? Like, it's so (laughs) obvious that, like, they're like, well, we need to try to... How do we have him have his WWE music without being able to have his WWE music? Well, it has to be the same person. Like it almost has to. It sounds exactly like the guy who sang the other one. Uh, whoever I mean, whoever I, the hell yeah, that was. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's the same person. It was. It was. They found someone with a voice that sounded. Well, and exactly it's very like clear. That's exactly what they were going for. Is how do we? How can we possibly make it uh, so that it sounds exactly the same way? Um. I, I don't know. I just have no need for any big show in my life whatsoever. And, and no offense to Paul White. To, to, but at least he's fighting someone we really care about, right? Jesus Christ, do I not care. Oh, my God. I don't know how I could possibly care less about any of that. 
about um, QT Marshall beating up Tony Schiavone's Jesus son. Jesus Christ. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about... I'm, like, I don't give a shit about QT Marshall. I don't give a shit about Tony Schiavone. No offense as, as anything other than an announcer. And I don't give a, a shit about uh, Tony Schiavone's son, for sure. But other than that, it's really interesting. Other than that... <laughs> It's super compelling, and I can't wait for it. Hooray! I mean, I'm 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 sorry, guys. I wish I could give that to you. Now I feel like a jerk because like somebody would be like, "Could you say anything nice about AEW this week?" Let me think about it. I mean, I could. Britt Baker looked like a star. That there is, there is sort of a weird trade off. There's something weird about that, though. right? Yes, there is a weird trade off to that, which is like, what is Britt Baker supposed to be? What does that say about Red Velvet? Is that her name? Yes, Red Velvet is her name. Like, <laughs> is who's supposed to be a face and who's supposed to be a heel here? Like, and I, I understand that we're living in a world, and I was going to bring this up when it comes to Raw. I understand that more than ever before, we're living in a world where no one's a face and no one's a heel, and you just pick who you like and you root for them. Like, I, I understand that <clears throat> this is this is the bleakest we've ever seen in professional wrestling in terms of faces and heels. And... Part of the problem is I don't like that. Like, I, I'm okay with it to some extent, but I need part of my show to be like, give me the obvious thing. Tell me that I'm supposed to like this guy because a lot of times I don't, I just end up not liking anybody is the way this goes. Like, I don't know who I'm supposed to like between Britt Baker and Red Velvet, and I get it. I guess I'm supposed to like Britt Baker because... She has been better in her role as a performer, so I like the performer, Britt Baker. But the I don't think I like the character, Britt Baker. I don't. I'm really here's, confused. Here's, by and it. here's the other tricky thing, you know, because we someone some would say, and we talked about on the show that this dichotomy exists for Adam Cole, right? The difference is with Adam Cole. Adam Cole just is what he is, and that happens. This is them clearly playing into it on purpose. Like, yes, like purposely making the characters more ambiguous. <laughs> they passed out fucking ambiguous. terrible towels with her name on them or whatever they wanted to a to, Pittsburgh crowd. Right, they wanted to have it look amazing, but then her character is still that she's a dick. Like, like shouldn't she have said, like, the way that, I, I feel like the right idea was floating around. Like, shouldn't she have said, um, I'm Pittsburgh's only hope because all these other people suck. They left that part out. It's like the Steelers blew but, it. But the, then the Pirates but then sucked. The but Penguins then you blew get it. Strong heel heat, if that were the case. And I don't. It's pretty clear they're not looking for strong heel heat either. Right. That's what I, I'm saying. It's it's, it's tricky because I, I I thought they were going to go that way. I was like, well, they do they want her to be this heel, um, or not? And if they're if they don't, I don't understand the opponent. I I don't understand any of it. I don't understand. But the opponent but is the thing that makes the least sense of all of this because at least if you're going this way with Brit, what they were doing before with um, Nyla Rose, oh yeah, was makes great. all the sense. In the That's world, exactly right. who yes, you correct. put in, in there. Right? But this is a scrappy underdog that like you're inclined to want to root for and. Is now, if you have Brandy come out next week and hit her in the head with a crutch, then okay, like she she she's a heel in my department. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. This is all all of this is really weird, dude. All of this is really weird, but it it is so far beyond AEW, like that in particular. I was watching Raw, like the 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 Baron Corbin thing has to be dealt with at some point, dude. What it the has what? to be dealt with. <laughs> 
wait, the worst possible person that you could put this character in front of right now was Drew McIntyre. I'm so, I'm so confused. I man. wish Aaron was here just for this part because I'm so we've confused. been. Aaron's been the the leader of this, but we've all agreed that Drew McIntyre is the worst asshole face he's character. He's a terrible person. He's just a he's piece an of awful shit. Person. And I get that there's still nuance. Like, I like character nuance. I do. I appreciate character nuance. But at some point, I have to know who I like and who I don't like. But this is like... And they are... Yeah. They are really doing a weird bit with, like, where we thought they were... Where I, a couple weeks ago, remember, thought they were going with the Baron Corbin character and asked could they make it work. Which, by the way, I am actually more convinced today that they can make that work and that it can bring out the... Did you see, like, the, the, the TikTok video that he did... Um, it's tremendous. It's wonderful. Yeah. He's that, doing that a, dude's got something in him. He, he, they just need to let it out. Right. You know He's what I mean? Playing this role really well. And when someone plays any role really well, we're inclined to like the performer. It's what I was just saying about Britt Baker. I'm inclined to like the performer when the performer plays a role. Well, when on top of that, the role is a destitute, like, <laughs> You can't you help but have sympathy yeah. for him. Like, you can't help it. And, like, you're leaning into that part of it only to turn away from it. And, like, the, the the nuance that you're looking for is for people to understand that Baron Corbin, no, he's still a dick because of the amount of money that he asked Drew McIntyre for. Well, like, if that's the amount of money that he's in debt and Drew McIntyre is particularly wealthy... That's a that's a really subtle nuance that like not everyone is gonna get, and is it? it it's a weird bit, dude. It's really weird. Where <laughs> and the they're fact going that you've got your this. top face and the one of the top face in the company just kicks him in the face anyway. Yeah. On top of the fact that he was trying to kill people with swords, it, either last week or earlier in the show, whenever that was. Both. Both. It's. <laughs> it's really strange by the way man. speaking of drew mcintyre is this gonna be what punjabi prison thing i don't know i mean who knows who knows if it'll be the, a the only way to make this bad would be to do that i don't even remember like this is this is how far, i don't even remember why i didn't like the punjab prison match other than you can't like see right, and it doesn't make any sense yeah and, that part of it right like otherwise i just thought it was like a glorified cell match and so i didn't care all that much do you remember who won the last one uh, I remember Great Kelly came out to help. Correct? Didn't didn't so, Great Kelly come out to help Jinder Mahal in in that? And who who did he beat? I don't remember that. I don't. Oh, really? He beat Randy Orton. I don't yeah. remember. I didn't remember that. But sure. That was that was that was when but, he. But, but here we go again too. Like I. Yeah. They really did not do a great job at the end of the show of selling that Randy Orton's RKO of Matt Riddle was just that's how Randy Orton says I love you like that. You gotta the do the only a, way that it, they they tried to with both of them laughing, but it didn't come it, across. Correct. It just didn't. It came off more awkward or uncomfortable. Like they. By the way, I've been tell I've been saying on this show for months or weeks or however long it's been since they started this. What that should have been, <laughs> and I can't believe they just had Randy Orton come out at the beginning of the show. What on earth? All you have to do is have a beatdown and a rescue. That's all you. That's all you need, man. And you can do the, You can still do the RKO thing. But like, at least if he rescued him first, 
it's clear what you're trying to get across. I right? hear you, dude. I hear you. I. It was right there, man. It was right there. So <laughs> Instead, weird, man. Let's just bring him out at the beginning. Let's not make it a surprise at all. I don't think they advertised him locally. So, like, wh- why the hell did they do that? Who, I'm or- so- Orton? Yeah. Oh, I. It was. It was definitely. I don't know if it was advertised in the week leading up, but it was very clear. Like they they were. I running... didn't know he was going to be on the show till I heard oh, his I, music. No, no, they were running okay. TV ads saying Randy Orton oh, was going okay, to return, okay, and I okay. and they were doing that purposefully because it was known that John Cena wasn't going to be there for that particular Got show. It. Okay, so then I guess were, that makes sense. Were... I just, I don't know, man. I just feel like they had such a great story that they could, you know, to to further there, and it was weird the way it was kind of clunky the way it went off. Um, you know, I'm not. I... You're not wrong that it was clunky and it was just, but it all goes into this like, I, we, we're doing all of this subtlety and we're making everybody a tweener and that whole, at some point, we got to remember this is professional wrestling. Like at some point, we have to remember that there need to be faces and heels and we need to know who it is the crowd's supposed to root for and we need it. Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of ambiguity and, and there's this notion that all of that can be answered just by putting on a good match. You just put on a good match, people won't care. You know, they'll root for everybody. That and 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 in a weird way, as I've said before, it's not as it's not as critical at NXT. It's maybe a a bit less critical for AEW because the fan base they have right now is just it's AEW, so we'll root for it. Like we we don't care. We'll just root for everything. Um Oh, with exceptions, right? Like they were they were, you know, as I said before, there are times where they're deathly silent silent because they're they are all in or all out, uh, AEW crowds are. No pun intended. Um, but on Raw and SmackDown in particular, when you're supposed to be going for kids, like there cannot be this much subtlety to who you're supposed to root for and who you're not supposed to root for. I love the Baron Corbin thing. I think it's great. I think it's tremendous. Um, but you gotta you gotta you gotta sift through that a little bit better and get it a little bit more direct. I'll call out, by the way, also like some gross I, I, my buddy uh, John from uh, Jimmy's Famous Seafood, John Minadakis, talks a lot about the AEW crowd being a crowd of gatekeepers. This is a, this is something that exists in whatever you're into. It's it's why, thankfully, I was grateful these people existed once upon a time because it made me realize I should stop following the Dave Matthews band around every summer when I was 19 years old and smoking a lot of weed and wearing pajama pants and just going from Dave Matthews band show to Dave Matthews band show. I, what drove me out was these gate that, that within a group of people, they become so ardent that we will tell you the way that things are. You don't get to decide based on what you're watching or what you're hearing. And I'll, I'll make a comparison, Brandon. This is really, really inside baseball. I was going to say, I'm like, where is this going? Uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll get there first. Um, we, uh, when I was a Dave Matthews Band fan, they recorded an album um, with a producer named Steve Lillywhite, who is quite famous, who's worked with, all, you know, U2 has worked with a ton the of... The Lillywhite Sessions? The Lillywhite Sessions. Thank you, pal. I appreciate that. Um, they were playing a lot of these songs live. Fans were into them. And then somewhere between them and the label, they made a decision to not release that album and instead to release a different album. Was it Every and Day? It was... Ev- uh, yes, it was Every Day. Thank you. They released an album called I'm Every Day. I'm not even a Dave Matthews fan, and I know this. Wow. Now. Wow, pal. <laughs> they released this album called Every Day, which was wonderful. 
if if you like Dave Matthews band music, if you're into that type of music at all, it was a wonderful record. I'm really going to challenge you here. Yes. And and myself. Did fucking like Glenn Ballard produce that? I some... I think he was involved with it. Was in it some, some way. person like that? And that uh, was part and maybe of the... was it Glenn Ballard? Was it Mutt Lang? I feel All like right, it we was. Need to see who it was. Yeah, there was. You're right that there was someone else who was involved with this record every day. But if you like that style of music, this was a very good record. <laughs> Was it Glenn, Glenn Ballard? Ballard? It was Glenn Ballard. Very good. Very good. Why do I know all this? I don't know why you know all that. But it was it, it was uh, for people of for white people of our age, this was quite the controversy at the time. They put this it album was. out. Maybe it, that's why I know. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. spawns Sorry. one of their biggest commercial uh songs in the space between. But it also spawns a lot of wonderful songs that if you like their type of music, they could play live and do 13-minute versions of and everybody could be into some of their best songs ever, Angel and So Right, really great songs. But these gatekeepers, these dickheads that were Dave Matthews Band fans refused to appreciate this album, refused to enjoy hearing them play those songs because they were furious that the Lily White Sessions weren't released as the album. These bastards were that way. And I bring up this gatekeeper concept, and I'm going to bring it back to professional wrestling because I want you to, 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 to see this or hear this tweet. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the actor Paul Walter Hauser. He played Richard Jewell in the Richard Jewell movie. He's been a oh, million yes. other yep. things. He has this really unique look. Um, he's been in, by the way, his, his, his Wasn't I don't know. he one of the people that was like on Raw and it was really fucking awkward? Was he on Raw at some when point? the Richard Jewell movie was out? Didn't he? he didn't he they might, have him on Raw, might, but he, like no one knew who he was? He and might. It was it, weird. That's totally possible. That's totally possible. Yeah. He's been Sorry. in a mil- He was in the Cruella Deville movie that came out this summer. He's his his list of credits is unbelievable. Like he's been in everything great over the years. He was in Sunny. He was in, just awesome. He is a nerdy professional wrestling fan. Like he is to the extreme, as professional wrestling fans go. He was tweeted by a former guest of this show, Nick Hausman uh, from Wrestling Inc., said uh, about that Baron Corbin TikTok video. He said, I just saw this. Baron Corbin falling into this destitution is the funniest shit WWE has done in some time. I want a whole series. Paul Hauser, can you make it happen somehow? Paul Walter Hauser retweets that tweet and starts the following way. Though I find myself frequently frustrated with Connecticut's creative. He goes on to say, I got to say the Baron Corbin storyline is brilliantly funny and committed. And I'll be the first to say I was legit wrong about Corbin. He's become entirely watchable. You can't just say this is good shit. Because if you do that, the professional wrestling gatekeepers will say, no, it's it's WWE. What WWE does is no good. AEW, AEW, AEW. How dare you credit WWE? So even when you sing their praises, you have to try to take a shot at them. You have to say, though I find myself... What, by the way, how, how cool and inside are you, guy? Connecticut's creative. Boy, you are the hippest. Boy, you are super cool. Though I find myself frequently frustrated with Connecticut's creative... Go fuck yourself, dude. The Baron Corbin thing is great. It's awesome. 
You don't need to apologize for it. You don't need to worry that the gatekeepers in professional wrestling fandom are going to be mad at you. The fanboys are going to be butthurt because you're praising the other team. You can just acknowledge this is really good. That's it. No caveat, no nothing. This is really good. When Orange Cassidy was being treated the way that Orange Cassidy was supposed to go be treated, you could just say Orange Cassidy is really good. It's okay. You don't have to apologize for liking something that WWE does. Roman Reigns has been the best thing in professional wrestling for a year. Period. Bar none. No debate. There is nothing in all of professional wrestling that has been as good as Roman Reigns has been. You don't have to apologize for that because it's being made by the WWE. This thing, this gatekeeping bullshit is so terrible. Cody Rhodes stinks. Stinks. The end of last week's show was the worst thing I've ever seen. Raw stinks a lot of the time. A lot. Bill Goldberg is terrible. Is unwatchably bad. Has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Everything can just be what it is. You don't have to apologize for it. And when you take a shot at AEW, you don't have to say, well, you know, I think AEW is doing really good work. I, I, or when somebody says, hey, that was the, the end of last week's show was terrible, you don't have to follow up by saying, yeah, but AEW is better than WWE. No, you can just say the end of last week's show was an abomination. It was awful. No professional wrestling company should ever do that. Gatekeeping. This gatekeeping nonsense. It, it's, it's infiltrated everywhere. It exists. You can't just acknowledge what's good and bad. You have to gatekeep. But we've decided right now we're gatekeeping for AEW, so everything must be done for that through that prism. Get the fuck out of here, man. Get out of here. Baron Corbin's really good. I mean, I want them to figure out what they're doing with the faces and heels and all that, but Baron Corbin's really good. It's the best he's ever been. Well, it's definitely, but that's a low bar, and so I don't, I don't want to just say that. It's better than just the best that Baron Corbin's ever been. It's really good, and part of why you would want to tune into WWE programming. And also, of course, it was the one time all year, the one time all year where a superstar from Raw faced a superstar from SmackDown, which I really enjoyed. I appreciated seeing that on Monday with Baron Corbin making his, uh, his trip over to Raw in order to appear on there. All right, what else are you worked up about this week? Um, I think that I, 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 have to keep, I have to keep wondering what's going on with this Finn Balor stuff. There's something really weird about all of this, right? We and well, you, by the way, we've officially teased Big E now as well. We've yeah, they've teased Big E, and 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 yes, they did not. To your point, the thing that I thought they should do is not what they're doing, right? right like right. that's clearly not what they're doing. But we knew that a week ago because we knew they were doing the match. They had Finn Balor beat Baron Corbin. He's moved on from that, and now he's just sort of lingering in the ether. So, well, didn't they beat him up though? What Baron? Who? Didn't the didn't oh the the, the, uh, the, the Usos beat up Finn Balor? Yeah, so you think yeah. you think that's them writing him off until after SummerSlam? No, I mean he's heavily involved. But that's, that's the part so that's I, weird. That to me is the problem. To me, it's either got to yeah. be one of two things. 
they either have to write it they either have to write him off to sell the injuries for a couple weeks or i have no idea what you do because this you created a problem cuz nobody how John Cena loses the match cuz if it, if that's if that was going to happen dude what are we doing <laughs> you're saying that John Cena would lose the match because of Finn Balor's interference yeah. Yeah, that would be horrendous. That would be That would be a way to do it without anyone really losing. But I is, But that would no why this would you This would be John Stewart with the chair. This but why would, be, would you want to root for Finn Balor moving forward? I don't know if they want you to. But, if they, if but then why would they do But then why would they do a Finn Balor? Him edge basically if they're making him the guy who was wronged, who is mad at John Cena, you know, and and they want to do Finn Balor John Cena on the September 10th smackdown as a big main event i i don't know i don't know why you would do any of that that's why i'm asking these questions none of that makes any sense to me none, don't do any of this none of it has made any sense and it's the only thing that would make sense is wanting to do Jin, john cena finn balor but all the fallout you know, on september 10th on a smackdown that's a big marquee thing and if you want to put finn balor over john cena and make a big deal about that i totally am on board with that but doing but, all this to get there, I am but, not. Yeah, on but board. that should be done more in a respect type of way. It should be done in a way that, like, well, unless they want Finn to be the Finn that he was in NXT. Man, I uh, that works. In I NXT. mean, he it's, never this, turned. This he is, never but this really is the con- turned face. But this is the conversation we just had. This shit it, it that, is the yeah. shit that works in NXT does not work on SmackDown, where kids are watching, where you're on. Well, but Fox. hold on. But let me just let me just add something though. The conversation that we just literally had about not knowing who's a face and knowing right. who's a heel. Finn Balor is the antithesis of that conversation. But he's that at NXT. He's not that on the main roster. That's a different uh, kind of has been that a little bit since he came back. But he's only been he back for definitely... for two weeks. Like he's not been back for long enough for us to have that. That's true. But they definitely went out of their way to make him say stuff about John Cena, which he had to because of what they did. But it's not a face thing to say. But that, it goes back to the bigger problem. The bigger problem is if they think what they're supposed to be doing with Finn Balor is have him be some sort of tweener. That's a mistake for a television program that's airing on a major broadcast network. 12 and 13-year-olds do not understand that nuance. We do. Unless they just think he's a badass and they can just put him up against heels. And... But, but 12 and 13-year-olds love John Cena and they don't want him going after John Cena. That makes 12 and 13-year-olds hate him. That's what that does. I, I, that's a bad idea for a SmackDown situation. It that that works. In I'm just NXT. I'm just I'm very confused by it. I don't know it what is, that... it's 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 confusing. It's I, I I assume that we're coming out of this with and maybe to your point that they book Finn Balor, John Cena as like John Cena said John Cena loses alleges that he wants a rematch. Finn Balor says, no fucking way. I didn't get my match. And they book that match for Madison Square Garden, right? Like, And then at the end, John Cena holds up Finn Balor's arm in celebration and anoints Finn Balor as the worthy guy to go on and try to beat Roman Reigns, which he won't, right? Like, that, all of that is fine. Clearly, all of that is fine. What wouldn't be fine is having Finn Balor cost John Cena. Somehow, you've got to keep that... Now, if there's some world where begrudgingly um, Finn Balor, like, here's a scenario. 
the Usos get involved in the championship match at SummerSlam, and because Finn Balor was attacked by the Usos, he's got beef with the Usos, and he comes out to try to deal with the Usos, and in the process, John Cena loses the match. That was sort of my whole... That that's exactly basically. But purposely, what I was like coming in to attack John. No, I didn't Cena. say he purposely oh, yeah. did. Yeah, that, I just that, mean he would cause somehow. To... Yeah, that that doesn't. So, but here's okay. So here's some one other thing. Considering some of the other news of the day, because of what happened Friday, does this turn into Finn Balor v Usos? And considering the news of the day... Wait, you mean like a one-on-two match? Oh, no. Oh. Considering the news of the day, does he get a mystery partner? It's him and Adam Cole. And is his mystery partner Adam Cole? Um, You get the pop, and then he immediately... turns heel. Like they did with Owens when he debuted. I hear you. Um... Should they do that? No. No, that's the easy part. It's the easy part to say they shouldn't. The question is, could they? That that's the part. That's why I'm looking. Who who do the Usos fight at SummerSlam right now? I hear you. I mean, I. They, who does Finn Balor fight at SummerSlam right now? You're not Where wrong. Where would be a great place for Adam Cole to debut? By the way, that would also mean he's probably losing another match. We should talk about no, we'll later. Get, yeah, we'll get there in two seconds. In a minute. Um. I, I I don't know how to feel about this scenario that you're presenting, man. I really don't because it it does obviously come off as bad to me, but at the same time, does it kill a bunch of birds with one stone? Yeah, I mean it it does. That was sort of where why my brain went that way. It does. There's no doubt about that. So, I mean, I I can't ignore that. I can't ignore what you're saying. Um, I I just think you know it's obviously it's not a good idea and not something they should be doing. But well, does that mean they won't do it? Of effing course not. Of course that's not what that means. Um, what Brandon's alluding to, of course, is <laughs> I I I, I, I tweet, go to NXT right? Yeah, I yeah. tweeted something after NXT this week, and I and I still feel this way. That by just rushing Kyle O'Reilly down to the ring, they immediately improved his character 20 times. He was better, so much better, just by not doing that godforsaken entrance. He wasn't good. Didn't solve Kyle O'Reilly. He has, is in zero ways worthy of beating Adam Cole. He is in zero ways worthy of being the top face on NXT right now. He's bad. The, the performer is not good right now. I'm sure he could still put on shit kicker matches, but everything else is not good. Um, it's just a lot of bad. It, it's a lot of bad, but the best thing they could possibly do is not have him do the entrance because the entrance is by far the worst thing about Adam Cole. It's, it's, it's a top three bad thing in professional wrestling. It's not, not Adam Cole, sorry, Kyle O'Reilly. It's a top th- uh, three bad thing in all of professional wrestling, Kyle O'Reilly's entrance. It's truly horrendous. So the bar is so low that you improved Kyle O'Reilly just by getting rid of the entrance. But you didn't improve him enough. He's not ready for this. This is a really bad idea. And if Adam Cole really is re-signing in WWE and Adam Cole really is going to be a main roster star, which is obviously different than what we were talking about a week ago when we were convinced that Adam Cole was gone. 
but apparently the WWE has prioritized Adam Cole and wanting to keep him around, and, you know, God bless, I like that. I think it's pretty obvious that this is what they're going to do, and it's a huge mistake. It's a terrible mistake to have Kyle O'Reilly win another marquee match over Adam Cole, uh, this Kyle O'Reilly. That's a really bad idea. Okay, dynamite observation, pal. Appreciate it. Did you freeze up? Are you there? Sorry, I had to respond to something really important. Ah, okay. um, all right. My bad. I, uh, it, there's all this COVID stuff going on. Yeah, no, listen. Here's the problem. If Adam Cole... Okay, so the rumors are... We haven't talked about this. The rumors are I just, Adam I, Cole... I just, I just laid this out. Oh, yeah. that he had the meeting with Vince yeah, McMahon. Yeah. Just, and, just laid it out. Okay, got it. So if he's, if he's moving on, he has to uh, lose. Did you say that? Yeah... Yeah, and 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 and, yeah. and we, d- but but he can't lose. Well, it's not that, that he sucks. can't lose; it's that Kyle O'Reilly can't win. No, that's my that's right. right. That's what that's what we're saying. What we're saying is Kyle O'Reilly can't win because Kyle O'Reilly is no good. This is not this this person cannot be your anointed top face in NXT. This this character anyway cannot be your anointed top face in NXT. Is there a chance they just say fuck it and let Adam Cole win anyway, and he still moves on? I, it'd be a, the best. It's the best thing they could do. If Adam Cole is definitely not going to be an NXT moving forward, the best thing they can do is just have him win anyway. Unquestionably, I don't think you have to always do that. I understand the the <sighs> tradition and the history and the, but there's also nothing wrong with Oscar leaving NXT undefeated. Well, but that <laughs> happened by accident. You know what I mean? Like that that happened because she got hurt. It didn't happen because that was the plan. It happened because she was injured. Was she really gone for that long? Yes, remember they didn't they, she debut like right after that? What are you talking about? She left NXT and debuted on the main roster. But she got injured. They knew she was going to be out for some time, and so they decided. Oh, because NXT was taped, so it was pro- okay. Yeah, okay, they okay. decided that they were going to have her relinquish the belt. I also and... forgot that NXT was taped like four or five right, episodes at, at a time. time correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did all of that, and then yes, she was on the main roster after that. But they they used her time being away. The injury was what caused all of that. I don't know what would have happened otherwise. I, I couldn't tell you how they would have gone about doing it. I don't think that she would have taken the women's championship belt with her to the main roster. I think she would have lost the women's belt to somebody if that had been the case. That's the way that it goes. Now, this is different. There's no belt involved. And so in by by that measure, sure, you could just have Adam Cole win and think nothing of it, but... And considering this is on USA now and not on the network. Well, I hear you, but, like, the other thing is that the purpose of these... The purpose of these matches... Has been to put Kyle O'Reilly over. Correct. And the yeah, purpose of the purpose of professional wrestling is that when you do a big feud, it matters to the person that you win the feud, and... But then if something doesn't work, you also can hit the eject button. Well, it's why they shouldn't have done this again. Like, it's why they should have just ended it after Adam Cole got his heat back. Like, they definitely yeah. should not have done a third match. Um, is there another way to go about doing this, right? Like, could... Could you interject... Could you interject Roddy here? Could you not finish this match because Roderick Strong throws himself in and sets himself up for a program with Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole just moves on quietly? Like, could you do that? You could, but the benefit of this match, the benefit of a blood feud is that the winner of the blood feud looks really good coming out of it. Now, they've screwed that up, right? Like, this has been an eternal NXT problem where they do a blood feud 
Johnny Gargano wins it, and then Johnny Gargano's not on the show or a B-level player on the show for the next four months. Like, they have screwed up the value of blood feuds all the time. So in that context, by all means, just have Adam Cole win the match. Just have Adam Cole win, disappear, and it, it means nothing. Or it, it can't be anointing Kyle O'Reilly. It most certainly cannot be that Kyle O'Reilly is being anointed by defeating um, Adam Cole at um, the TakeOver. That, there is nothing good that comes from that. That is a, a great big ball of bad. Um, with that in mind, let's talk about the NXT news from last Friday. Um, I'm not trying to be dismissive of it, but outside of Bronson Reed, none of it. And I'm not, look, Bronson Reed didn't do a lot for me, but I get they, they had elevated him. They had, they had invested in Bronson Reed a little bit. They showed something with Bronson Reed. So it is a bit shocking that he would suddenly just be gone. It didn't, it didn't affect me in a great way because I'm not a massive Bronson Reed fan, but that is alarming that Bronson Reed not is not far at all removed from being a central piece of the show to being outright released is is quite stunning. Um, the rest of it, I just can't get all that worked up about. There's just nobody else on this list that was significant enough for me to say, boy, this is this is a huge loss for NXT. No, I mean, I think. There was a lot of people that wanted to make a bigger deal about this than it was. And I think part of that might be some of the people felt like they liked these people or maybe some of these media members were close to these people because they made contact with them over the years. Um, but the list, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. That was a big nothing list for me. I mean, none of the, taking away none of those people does not take away anything from the show. So... Um, um, you know, like Bobby Fish was significant because he was part of Undisputed Era, but, but only, now only because he was part of Undisputed Era. Like that's the if he's not in Undisputed Era, he's not that significant. They they did give a small push to a few of these people. Like they did give a small push to to Jake Atlas at one point. They did give a small push, obviously, to Leon Ruff at one point. And you know, the Mercedes Martinez thing is head scratching because. They tried a few different things with Mercedes Martinez, but no, none of them, Tyler Rust, none of these are, are things that, that 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 leave me hot and bothered. A lot of them, you don't know who Asher Hale is. You you don't, you know, like, you, you, Kona Reeves could not have been more irrelevant in, in NXT. Like, they, they never attempted to do anything with him. So trying to get me to be worked up about any of that, you can't get me to do. I'm surprised about the Bronson Reed thing only because of what they did with him, that they very quickly went from Bronson Reed being a focal point of the show to being gone altogether. I am surprised about Mercedes Martinez and slightly worry about it being related to her balking at um, being a part. Oh, my God. I, I can't even remember the name of the goddamn horrible faction that they pulled the plug on. Jesus Christ. That's how terrible the Robert Stone thing. No, the thing that was on the main roster. Oh, retribution. Retribution. Jesus Christ! That's how much of uh, irrelevant retribution proved to be. I couldn't remember retribution's name. Um, there was word that she didn't like want to be part of that, and that's why they sent her back to NXT. And you know, like was was this their retribution for her not being willing to be a part of retribution? I don't know. I I'm sorry. I can't. I can't get worked up. They gave her, um, like, a fake push for a little while to get through a couple of things, and then... Well, and it always made sense for them to try 
to push her a bit more because she was a bit older than everybody else was. But I don't know. Um, Andrew Zarian from Wrestling Observer and the Matman podcast tweets out, Hearing a lot of chatter from USA Network uh, higher-ranked reps regarding the releases from NXT. Quote, Personally, I'm disappointed with how this is going, unquote. The perception from many is that these upcoming changes will be negative. Perception means everything, especially when you are working with partners who are not pro wrestling fans and don't have deep knowledge of the talent. In reality, are the changes to NXT a bad thing? Time will tell. This is being based on this like premise that's been loosely thrown out there that the plan for NXT is to clean up and to invest more in young talent, specifically to get younger on NXT and sort of redirect the idea that this isn't a third brand. This is a, a developmental. developmental brand. Does that mean that Johnny Gargano is gone? Does that mean that Tommaso Champ? Like I, I'm, I'm confused by this assumption because they didn't get rid of all of the older people on the roster. They didn't say if you're over 30, you're gone. Well, aren't they reacting to the quote did you see the quote, quote that supposedly was from Vince that uh, he doesn't want any more 30-year-old midgets on NXT? Who? Where did that I haven't seen anything. There was a that. quote going around from Meltzer, I believe, that said the quote that was that that was given to the, the team was, I don't want any more 30-year-old midgets. But then how does or, it... Or midgets over the age of 30 or however. Basically, little guys that are years into their career. Basically, all the people we like are NXT. And that's why I think... And I think it was more of a reaction to that than all these but guys that, getting... But ready. how does that... Res- how does that equate with them getting rid of Bronson Reed? Like, this well, is... Isn't he short? He's short. He's shorter than AJ is, but he's not a midget. Bronson Reed? He's not. My God. I mean, like, he's he's not. He's six feet tall. That's not. He's taller than Johnny Gargano. Well, but I think those are the people they're really mentioning is the Johnny Garganos. But and this the... is my point. Like, how does how all of these things that people are trying to paint with a broad brush that these this group of releases is about doesn't really jive. There's oh, like, and I'm not talking about the releases. I'm talking about the quote from Vince. But what I'm saying is, like, there's still plenty of short people on the roster. There's still plenty of people older than 30 on the roster. Well, I think I think that's everybody being scared that they're all next, or that they're going to bury them all with the, you know, Odyssey Joneses of the world and and people like that. I think that's what they're the thinking is. I'm not saying it's level-headed i mean these are wrestling fans of course it's not level-headed but i i'm talking more from like the wrestling media like i feel like the wrestling media has worked very hard to create like a singular storyline about these oh yeah there was definitely an article that was like the death of nxt or whatever not even even being i'm just trying even just trying to paint a picture of here's a broad reason why all of these people were released and like off the top of my head i do think that most of them are over well, 30. this said on the changes coming to NXT, not the changes that happened already. So is so is Johnny Gargano going to be gone? That's what everyone's worried about. I think that is that is what everyone is assuming is going to happen. Is that apparently Gargano like liked a, something that the Bucks tweeted at making fun of this quote that Vince had about thirty year old midgets. And I think they put what they do, they change their profile to like over or 
under 30, definitely not midgets or something. You know, it was like some take on that. And Johnny Gargano liked it. And so, you know, that's everyone's running with that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not I'm not going anywhere near any of this. I, I just I think that we all look to to paint with broader brushes. Than By the way, I love exists. this quote. Meltzer added that the idea is to go back to the days when Curtis Axel was in NXT. Like, this is purposefully written to scare the shit out of everybody, right? Like, yeah, why would that be the one guy that you mention? Like, couldn't he say Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens? Like, nobody's gonna, nobody wants NXT to go back to when Curtis Axel was well, in but NXT. I, but I, uh, I'm, I, I have no problem with the idea being, if, if, and I'm basically the, wor- the wording is no more midgets, no one starting in their 30s. They want people who can be box office attractions and main characters. I, and I, to some extent, I get that. I do. I I get that. I completely under and it jives with Vince. I'm looking for characters, not for wrestlers, right? Like it jives with that. But is it says the general? This is from Dave Meltzer. Mm-hmm. The general feeling is that NXT has ventured out. Originally, it was the competition for Ring of Honor. Then it became the competition for AEW. When Ring of Honor started showing life and the independent scene started showing life, this was supposed to be them getting that fan base. Then it became the competition for AEW. What happened, happened, and now they want to get it back to what it was. And so there's cuts that were made, and these were the guys that were cut, and there's going to be changes going forward. Power play is a weird word, but there's a divisive opinion about wrestling among the key people, and they're fighting for Vince's ear, and this is the ear that Vince has this week. Next week, he may listen to somebody else's ear and may go in a completely different direction, but that's what happened this time. Uh, I... I Here's my gut is that there's a lot of people that don't really know what they're talking about. They're just throwing out theories about what's yeah. going on and just for the sake of throwing them when it's also totally possible. They just decided they were going to do some releases because they decided they wanted to save some money and they just randomly kind of pick 13 people to do it. Like, I think this conversation would only be valid if they legitimately cut Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, like, I, you know, Drag it off, like let's let's put let's put like yeah, that like every that undersized guy person. Normally small. Well, and know, and I know that somebody like one of the people in the wrestling media said there would be more releases to come. Like this wasn't the end of releases, so you know, like that that could drive that fear that maybe those guys are going to be next, right? Like that could drive that a little bit, but I, I don't know, man. This seems more hysterical than than is justified so far. Like the only thing to me that really happened is. Bronson Reed got released, and that's a bit surprising based on right. where Bronson Reed was. Um, that's the you, only... you know, there's one other thing we have to mention with all the all this the theories and the you know this means NXT is doing this and this means NXT is doing that and people being scared for Johnny Gargano and people being scared for Adam Cole and people being scared for we got to remember what <laughs> NXT is on the USA Network, guys. Well, NXT's not on the network. Well, and that's and that to you know that was it's the, not a real channel. I understand, but that was also the point that um, you know the guy from um, from the Observer, uh, Andrew Zarin, was sort of referencing was that like he's not sure that everybody at, at USA is even happy about all this sort of stuff. I, and who knows who f. But like knows. WWE also isn't dumb enough to think they can just put a bunch of people no one's ever heard of on the USA Network at 8 o'clock on Tuesdays and that it's going to turn out okay. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, right? Like, I, I probably not, but... I did see a couple people, and, and this, of course, always goes back to, you know, people that are championing the other brand, AEW, that's doing 
the same exact bullshit talking about NXT having um, a couple of people that aren't necessarily, that are kind of newer talents and the breakout tournament people and all these people. When AEW had the Bucks and <laughs> Kenny facing literal nobodies. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, but they're praising them putting this, this uh, God, what's the guy's name that's in the uh, I, uh, in top the flight guy? Oh, uh, not Max Caster because he's the one that's suspended. The other uh, one, yeah, the other guy who did look good for what it's worth, and I ever he did. But hey, but the, you know, they're putting him over and they're putting Wheeler over, and this is good. They're you know farming the talent. But then on the other side, NXT isn't allowed to put someone that you don't know who it is right, on Odyssey there Jones, yeah. and do the same thing, right? I hear um, you. I hear you. That's gatekeeping. That goes back to the gatekeeping conversation that I had earlier. You know, like. But by the way, if someone would tell me that NXT was a little boring on Tuesday, I would agree with you. It was a little boring on I, Tuesday. I, That's a separate conversation. Um, so not to be self-serving. Not to be self-serving, but like I didn't think there was enough hit row for my liking on this week's show. Like I, I no. like I like the segment, but. I, I, this is working. And they're still not telling us what they're doing, by the way. Yeah, that's still true, too. Is the match set? Uh, I mean, we know like what they're going to be doing, theoretically. Yeah, well, we assume, yes, correct. We know yeah. the feud, yeah. but well, how do you feel about TakeOver? <sighs> uh, Feels like a weird TakeOver to me. I, You know, the other thing, too, is I didn't like them having Ilya Dragunov lose. I really didn't like that. I thought that was a huge mistake. Like, what? Why do you need to protect Pete Dunne right now? No, I thought the point of that before it happened was to show why we should care that he can beat Walter. Right. Like that's you're you're you really are introducing Ilya Dragunov to another group of people that have no idea who he is and trying to sell why we should care about his takeover match. Just don't have him lose. Now, like, are they going to insert Pete Dunne into that match, and that's why they did that? Oh, I, that would be a mistake. The, the reason why this match works is that for nerdy professional wrestling fans, the Walter-Ilya Dragunov match was legitimately the match of the year last year. Yes. I mean, it was legitimately the best match of the entire year. So that's the only reason to do this, particularly at a takeover, is to get that match again. There is no reason for Pete Dunne to be involved in any way. That's a mistake. That's 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 bad. That was a bad idea. I mean, there was cheating involved, right? I understand, but you still did. You are is the idea they have an extra week, and so they're going to have him kick his ass next week. And maybe the match. I, I have less trust that they give Ilya Dragunov another match. Like they, we had never, we had never seen him on NXT until this week. This was your moment. Introduce him, have him beat Pete Dunne, and make me feel like. Walter Ilya Dragunov, this guy I'd never heard of, is a big match worthy of me tuning in to take over in order to watch. They they missed that opportunity. That that to me, it's like when you complain about this to me is in a way worse than Karrion Cross. Like I at least had faith that they were going to give Karrion Cross some heat back. I have no idea what they're doing with Ilya Dragunov. Like I don't know what the point is, but you're trying to get me to tune in for a championship match at a pay per view, a quote unquote pay per view. You don't have him lose the first time I ever got to see him on this on this platform. You don't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. No. All right, anything else from this week that we needed to cover? For the first time, I felt like um, the Cameron Grimes segment was kind of oh, it's tough. It's it's gotten way too clunky. They they're doing I, they're doing the same thing for four weeks. Like just what, what happened with Ted DiBiase? Was he? I thought he was having. <laughs> Oh, he definitely seemed to forget his his lines there for a little while. There's no question about that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's bad. 
we need to move on from this as much as i love cameron grimes it's like i you know it's time the crowd will take him you know put him over let's move on to the next thing right oh correct we're we're in on cameron grimes just get it over with don't don't do this anymore this this is done this is no longer a thing be done with it Um, how did you feel about the women's group they're trying to introduce here in nxt it's Mandy. I think Mandy Rose. Yeah, I, it has not. It has not resonated with me in any way. It, I, the one thing that I thought was funny is uh, what's the red-haired uh, woman's name? A G G G something or G G Dolan. G G Dolan came out to like fake sweet things are made of these by Marilyn Manson. It was like the exact song, but they just like took a key off or whatever. Oh And she yeah. had the hat yeah, on like he yeah. wears yeah. in the video, and I was like, okay. That's a little weird to be Marilyn Manson adjacent right now, considering uh, yeah, everything what, that's what happened. Yes, but. correct. What he's yep, yep. Um, I mean, other than oh, other than that, we did we. I mean, we kind of talked about the Adam Cole thing, but like, it's unforgivable to. So you got the, this guy you're trying to put over as a big face in Kyle O'Reilly. What's your stipulation, Kyle O'Reilly? You know what? I'll get oh, the yeah, people just, behind me yeah, by just picking a regular, a regular match. match. Yeah, that that was that was awful too. There is no doubt that was also awful. And then Aaron called out that uh, the third one being a cage match is also really bad. Yeah, it's... but Re- Regal did his best to try to do the war games thing. Yeah, he but... sure did, didn't he? He sure did. Um, he should have just made it war games. Uh, PW Insider, by the way, I I did mean to bring up the reported that like WWE is still trying to to do something with Daniel Bryan. Like they haven't given up oh. on that. Um. Oh, but like that's interesting. Well, there's been enough reports that like it's a done deal with Daniel Bryan and AEW that I don't really know what to make of one report that like WWE hasn't given up. I have no idea what to make of it, but it is out there, and it's certainly worthy of um, acknowledgement that it's out there, and we'll see where that goes. And I do feel like there was something else that was on my list. There was somebody that like. So there was some tweet that was getting a lot of play this week about WWE wasting Daniel Bryan, and I was like, "What? Like the entire? For what it's worth, just about the entire internet dunked all over it." Um, and it was the person who started it was unworthy of getting all the attention they got. It wasn't a significant person that said that, and the entire internet responded appropriately to say how st- how insanely stupid. There was a that real was. person that said this. It wasn't a person that mattered. It was just a oh. tweet that got it got a lot of play from a person that didn't matter. All right, very good, uh, Brandon. What do you want to plug? I mean, I just go get vaccinated, guys. Like, really, we, if you want to go see live music, guess what? Got to be vaccinated now yep. because AEG just put a policy out that uh, everyone that comes to Rams Head either has to show a proof of vaccination or a proof of a negative test within 72 hours of the event from uh, starting August 17th. But then starting on October 1, it's it's proof of vaccine only. There's no other way in. Guess what? All your favorite artists are doing the same thing. Yep. It's going to happen. I would say a very high percentage in the 90 every, percentile. It's going to happen at just about every venue as well. It's, it's coming. It's coming, man. Just be prepared so, for it. If you're vaccinated... Yeah, Go to RamsHeadLive.com, and, and there's and lots all, of great shows way, coming up. For, for the overwhelming majority of this, this of us, this is no issue. We're, you know, it's it's slightly annoying. i got to figure out what I did with my card. Like, I'm going to have to go look for that at some point, but we'll be good. And also, there is a way, like, if you lost your card, you can 
um, there's a registry where you can uh, go print also that out. pro tip everybody take a picture of your vaccination card immediately if you still have it and that will be valid as well in most cases when you go to an event yep that is true too that's all, right. all I got this week. All right, very good. And uh, I'm at Brandon Linton on Twitter. Yes, you are at uh, and there's show. There are shows that are happening starting this weekend. Yep, that's a good thing. Starting Friday tomorrow, actually, depending on when you listen to this. At, Friday the 13th is our first. Oh God, I didn't even think about it being Friday the 13th. Wow, wow. Friday the 13th is our first show. Oh my goodness. At the A Oster on Twitter is how you follow him. The night, uh, the nightcap on Veasan is what you listen to. At Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com, and at AJ Francis 4104. Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out. Fuck Brandon for not plugging any cool food stuff anymore. Get your fucking vaccine.